you're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Wednesday, and in these episodes, Sangram and myself, James Carberry, focus on personal development. We'll share books and other resources that are helping us get a little bit better every single day. And remember, like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. I got a special announcement for you. I have been part of the Peak community for almost a year now. And here is the thing. Less than 1% of the marketers become CMOs. And you know what's even harder? Staying a CMO without a high caliber peer network that can help you beat the odds. In Peak community, they build a community around you by creating exclusive events and experiences to help you become one person better each week so you can get promoted, have an impact, and do the best work of your life. This episode that you're listening to is an example of the conversations that happen literally every single day in the Peak community. So check out, the link is below. If you want to be part of it, it's only for marketers, so make sure you're not a lurker, but someone who want to have an impact and do the best work of your life. Let's go. Hi, everyone. Claudia Tirico, editor of Demand Gen Report here. Weren't all those track sessions just spectacular? I mean, I have to say our speakers really brought it this year. Well, hold on to your chairs because I've got another incredible keynote ready in just a few seconds. But before I get to that, I just wanted to share what we have planned for you for the rest of the day. Right after this keynote, you'll have some time to relax, network with your peers, and take on any of those one-on-one meetings you scheduled. Then at 5.30 p.m. Eastern, join one of our fabulous sponsors, PFL, for a little trivia night. It's free to join, and I think you have the chance to win some really cool prizes. And who doesn't love a little trivia? Am I right? Don't forget that day three of B2B SMX kicks off tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern Sharp. And it's going to be an awesome panel of just all-stars. We have Tim Kopp of Terminus, Megan Eisenberg of Trip Actions, and Anna Baird of Outreach taking the stage. So I think I've covered it all. And now, without further ado, I'm so excited to welcome Jeff Davis to the virtual stage. Jeff is an international keynote speaker and the award-winning author of Create Togetherness. He specializes in helping B2B companies optimize revenue growth by strategically aligning their sales and marketing teams. And I know sales and marketing alignment is such a hot topic these days. So I'm really, really looking forward to hearing what Jeff has to say. During the talk, he's going to reveal how the B2B buyer and seller relationship has changed and why companies really must have a sense of urgency about alignment transformation. That and tons more. So I'm going to stop talking and let Jeff kick it off. I hope everyone enjoys it. Hello, everybody. My name is Jeff Davis, author of Create Togetherness and founder and principal at JD2 Consulting. Hope you are doing well. And thank you for joining the session. Uh, The title of today's session is Disrupting the B2B Journey, How Aligned Revenue Teams Are Rethinking Key Buyer Interactions. So I'm excited to be talking about one of my personal favorite topics, and that's aligning sales and marketing. More than ever, it's important that we're adding value at every stage 
of the buyer's journey. And so what I want to do today is do a little bit of a deeper dive into how we can optimize each one of those interactions between sales and marketing so that you're more aligned. So at the end of the day, when we're done with our, our time together, I'm hoping to share with you some tangible strategies as well as tactics that you can input into the business in order to make sure that you're not only working together, but that you're creating a cohesive and seamless buyer's journeys for those that are interested in your products and services. So before we get into all that, I want to share a little bit of a story about how I came to my, what I call my Oprah's aha moment, to really understanding the power of an aligned sales and marketing relationship. So early in my career as a sales professional, I was doing pretty well. Set the top 5% of the sales force, top of the leaderboard, had figured out the strategies and tactics that I needed to do in order to be successful. And then in healthcare sales, we went through a major disruption in the industry where a lot of the strategies and tactics that we had done historically were no longer uh, permitted, so basically illegal. And so what it seemed like overnight, all the things that had made me successful, all the strategies and tactics that I had used were taken off the table. And my worst nightmare actually came to fruition, and that's that my market share started to slip, I started to miss quota, and I did what any true blue salesperson would do, I, my knee-jerk reaction was to do more of everything. So there was more meetings, there was more emails, there was more texts. I literally was that sales rep in the parking lot stalking my customers. Yes, I was that guy. And what I found after a couple quarters that beyond being exhausted, I really hadn't made any impact in my business. My business pretty much was either flatline or in some cases I was actually doing worse. And so it was in that moment that I realized that like doing more is not working. So I had the opportunity to, at the time, talk to our marketing director and he shared some things with me that I thought were really interesting and really changed my perspective of understanding how I could work with marketing. And what he said in that conversation is that they had created a tool that looked at our entire territory, looked at the data and really helped us understand who had the highest propensity to actually purchase from us. And then also give us strategic ways to talk to them and really resonate with what they cared about in their buying patterns. And that's when the light bulb really went off that I can actually partner with marketing to help me sell more efficiently and effectively. And they weren't just these people in home office or what we used to call the ivory tower that were overpaid and were justifying their salaries by doing all this random stuff and creating all these sales materials and that sort of thing. So that's when I really got it that the power of sales, the sales and marketing relationship when done right really is better than any one of us could do on our own. And so I want to share more about that uh, with you and how I came to understand that. So there's really four key insights that I want to leave you with after our time today. The first being misalignment costs more than you think. Secondly, the modern buyer-seller relationship has changed. Third, focusing on helping buyers make decisions always wins. And then fourth, the buyer's journey is not a lead handoff process. So what I hope is that at the end of our time together, you were thinking a little bit differently about each one of these key insights and are able to, again, go back to your organizations and help your colleagues think about this differently and change up how you do things. So if we were in person, I would stereotypically ask you to raise your hand as I go through kind of the buckets that show that you are a misaligned organization. So we can't really do that because we're virtual, but you can either raise your hand where you are or just you know, mentally take a note of whether or not some of these symptoms or what I call triggers are happening in your organization. 
So there are, there's always some level of misalignment in any organization, but I think it's always important that you really start to, to look at what are the symptoms that indicate that misalignment has gotten to a point where it really is negatively infecting our business. And they stereotypically fall into four big buckets or four categories. The first of which is poor quality leads. So this stereotypically looks like high volume leads, low conversion rates. This is the sales complaining about marketing. These leads are terrible. Why do you send us these? None of these convert. I call these people. They suck. And then marketing also looking at sales saying, you know, we're sending you all these MQLs. You're not following up on them. You're you're wasting time. Why are we doing all this work? So if that is happening in your organization, you can raise your hand or mentally take a note. You may and probably do have a misalignment issue. The second bucket is different goals. Anytime I walk into a client interaction and sales and marketing have different goals, it is a red flag. If you are operating on two different pages, your goals are not aligned, that is clearly an indication that you have some work to do. Third, lack of tribal knowledge. I like to call it tribal knowledge. And that really is that sales and marketing don't share business intelligence. There's no feedback loop between sales and marketing to share information. Stereotypically, this looks like we have information coming from marketing, or I should say flowing from marketing to sales, but there's no mechanism really to get information from sales. And I mean the frontline salespeople back to marketing to, to, to really think about what's going on in the market. And so it's just really a missed opportunity because your salespeople are talking to customers every day. And I always share with marketing leaders that your best market research is salespeople because it's free and it's timely. And then fourth is a dysfunctional relationship. So a lot of people think this is a combative relationship where sales and marketing are fighting and they're at war. And what I found over my time working with sales and marketing departments and and, and leadership, that stereotypically is not the case. More often than not, they don't understand how to leverage each other in a business context, right? They might get along, they may be friendly, but they really don't understand how to leverage each other in order to achieve their functional goals. So these are the four big buckets. If one of those resonated with you or if several resonated with you, you definitely are in the right session. And it's definitely something that you probably want to think about more deeply for your organization. So all of that said, Jeff, at the end of the day, what does that mean? We underestimate the impact that misalignment between sales and marketing has on the organization because it's been dysfunctional for for so long. What we have now is that upwards of 80 or 90% of marketing generated leads are going ignored by sales. Sales more than ever is spending less time actually selling. You know, there are studies from InsideSales.com, now Zant, that show that, you know, a salesperson's time spent on actual selling or revenue generating activities is all the way down to 36.6%. So what that's telling us is that just doing more is not working. We also have data from CSO Insights that shows us that year over year, we are getting worse at B2B sales representatives actually hitting quota. So you put all that stuff together and you realize that we are all, most of us are operating in a highly inefficient and ineffective system, even though we are all working really hard. And so what that, what you find is that this lack of productivity, this lack of sharing, this lack of working together actually really is costing us a lot of money, whether or not we feel it today or not. And so a Mark Kettle and Reach Force study actually estimated that loss of um, sales productivity and wasted marketing spend to be costing organizations upwards of $1 trillion. That is a lot of money. I could buy Apple. I could probably buy a country if it was for sale. We are losing a lot of money. 
And it's really, you know, when you think about it and you, and you, and you listen to what that is, you're quantifying missed opportunities because sales and marketing are super inefficient. And so we have to change the narrative from looking purely at volume, volume of leads, volume of interactions, volume of calls. We have to switch the narrative and change the paradigm to start looking at how effective are we, how efficient are we, and how productive are we. And that's how we're going to win uh, in 2020 and beyond. So I uh, liken it to being in a rowboat in the middle of the ocean or the middle of the lake, whatever you want to see, and there's a small hole. A lot of you probably recognize that like, yeah, we have those issues in organization, but a lot of organizations aren't willing to do the work to fix the actual hole. So what you find a lot of times is we, we do shortcuts. We just basically get a bucket and we're like, oh, just get the water out. We'll be fine. We know it's an issue, but we'll get to it. And it's not until that hole gets bigger and bigger and bigger and starts to eat at the core of the business that we find then it's too late and we're trying to figure out how to course correct and we find ourselves sinking. And that is exactly what the misalignment between sales and marketing is doing to your organization. It's making your organization weaker. And it really is almost like a cancer that eats at the core of your business and doesn't allow you to fully be able to recognize revenue growth in the way in which you're trying to achieve it. So this is happening and this is becoming more important and more important to address because of digital disruption. Misalignment between sales and marketing is not new. Jeff Davis did not create this. This did not happen last week. Our relationship has always been kind of frayed, right? We've operated in silos and many of us have been able to get away with it for, for decades uh, and, been rel- and been, have been very successful. Digital disruption has completely changed all that. And what we're finding is that most organizations aren't adapting the way they market and sell to what the modern buyer wants, needs, and desires. If you're selling like you sold three or even five years ago, you many times are out of sync with what the modern buyer is requiring. And that's why we have to take a hard look at how are we approaching the modern buyer. And what we'll find is that sales, more marketing, is able to do what the modern buyers require. We have to work together to create the, to create the interactions that they want us to create. The real important thing to look at when you look at district disruption is that there's a thing called information inequality. Now, information inequality, again, not new. And we never we haven't talked about it in the sense before, but it's important to highlight because the direction of that information inequality has changed. Historically, we as the vendor, the seller, the company have owned all the information. But again, due to digital disruption, buyers have access to nearly unlimited amounts of information, resources, People look at LinkedIn. I can easily connect with a colleague and ask questions. And so what I share with sales and marketing leaders uh, that are struggling with, you know, really modernizing or digitizing their approach is that you don't want to come off like a used car salesman. Let me, let me share with you what that, what that means. And I may be dating myself, but back in the day, you got, you know, you 16, you got your driver's license or your permit and you want to go buy a used car. You went to the lot right? Uh, you didn't have very much information back in the day. And that, that used car salesperson really geared you toward you know, the type of car they thought you wanted or the one that gave them the most commission. And you really were kind of like, you had to use them and whatever they said, you just either believed or, or you were at the mercy of the salesperson. Enter consumer reports, enter this disruption in information flow. You now as a buyer are empowered with all this information about cars and, and specs and pricing and that sort of thing. And you come to the table armed with a lot of information that you pretty much can guide yourself, but you know you may need a little help. So that salesperson is still talking to you about features and benefits and, and, and trying to do all that. You're like, I already read what I want. I've done the research. I know. 
just geared to me toward making a sale or making a purchase, I'm sorry, help me make a decision to between the two or three that I've chosen, which one is right. And so that's what we're dealing with is that if you're coming, still talking about features and benefits, your buyer has already figured all that stuff uh, before they've talked to you. It's all on the internet about you, your product, your service, your competitor, all that's done. So you've got to speak to them in a different way. Fast forward, what we're looking at now in the, the, the car buying industry, services like Carvana, which has completely, again, changed the way that we look at buying cars and that we don't even need to go to the lot, right? We can literally sit at our computer and, and order a car and have it delivered without ever leaving our house. So we have to think about that, that we are, we've gone through this disruption and in information flow and that you have to then change the way that you interact with the buyer in order to be able to service them and get them what, they're, what, what they need and what they desire. And so what we find is that a lot of us are still struggling with this, you know, push as much content out as possible. And that is not what the modern buyer needs. As we see these organizations, their buying teams get larger and larger, you know, on average 10 plus people in one buying group, right? That have competing priorities, they have competing agendas. They are have they're having trouble reaching consensus. And so the buying has just come become more complex. And so continuing to push content is not the answer. The companies that are getting it right, the companies that are winning are helping these buying teams make decisions. They're coming in and saying, I know there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of data. There's a lot of content. I want to serve as a a consultant. I want to serve as a, a thought partner on how you should be thinking about making a buying decision. And those are the companies that win it. You gain their trust, you become, you, you, you get a seat at the table in the buying committee, you actually become a trusted advisor. And then at the end of the day, when they're ready to make decision because you've given them that framework, you help them reach consensus on how to do that, they will more than likely reward you with their business. And so that is the, the, the shift that we have to start thinking about is helping buyers make decisions, not just pushing more content on them. And the reason that is, is because the way that we buy today is so different. I really, really love this graphic and in that it shows we are not operating in the traditional sales funnel where people go from stage to stage to stage to stage. Because everything is online, we have to be ready because our buyer could come at any stage of their buyer's journey. They can come in and out. The flow is much easier. You have different stakeholders at different stages. And so you have to be able to orchestrate that because you don't know where they're coming in. And so that's why it's more important than ever that sales and marketing are cohesive and understand the buyer's journey so that they can show up wherever they need to uh, and give the information that the buyer wants. Again, it's not about marketing, handing things over to sales. It's about us understanding what the buyer needs because the buyer doesn't care whether it comes from sales or marketing. They just want the information that they want at the time that they want it. And whoever gives it to them, that's what they want. So the faster, the better. And so that's what we have to consider. So I talk about the seven steps to alignment transformation, and we just released this new information to really be a a step-by-step guide for revenue leaders in the organization. So head of sales, head of marketing, and CEOs to really be able to uh, make a transformation to a more aligned revenue, what I like to call a revenue engine. And although we don't have time in our session today to go through each one of the steps I did want to share this information with you, and you can feel free to follow up on my website of, of the steps that we need to go through at a really, really high level. So there are seven steps that we talk about, which is first, assess. That's assess if misalignment is having a significant issue. So again, that's looking for those triggers. Second, you want to quantify what, what impact is that having on your business. So that's looking at you know the, the metrics that are, that are across the entire 
revenue engines. So things like customer lifecycle, value, all those big overarching metrics. Third, we want to model that. A lot of times working with the CEO to figure out what the new world is going to look like and how we can operate in that new world. Fourth, and one of the most important that I think a lot of organizations miss is securing sponsorship from the leadership team and more importantly, the CEO. Not just support, but actual sponsorship because you actually need the CEO to be the face and the voice of this transformation because again, aligning sales and marketing is about making a true business transformation and that can't be done without the senior leadership being on board. Fifth uh, is sharing data between sales and marketing so we can see cohesively what are our interactions with the buyer. Six, which is what we're going to do a deeper dive in today, is about developing an end-to-end process that is aligned and cohesive and that both sales and marketing know what's happening before and after them. And then seventh would be collaborate. So establishing a formal feedback loop between sales and marketing so that you really can you know, share that tribal knowledge and, and, and move and shake, so to say, as one integrated body. So as I said before, because of our time constraints today, I want to do a deep dive into the sixth step which is developing process and, and go through and show you what how you can sit down and really map your buyer's journey between sales and marketing and create a more cohesive, aligned buyer's journey that will allow you to orchestrate your interactions between the two. So here's an example of how I would map the buying cycle with, with buyer interactions. So I really don't look at you know sales or marketing content. I really like to consider them interactions with the buyer. Really what we need to do as we're developing a buyer's journey, we have to we have to really start to think about it in the terms of how the buyer sees it, not what we want to do, right? The buyer looks at them as interactions with the company. It doesn't matter if it comes from sales, marketing, customer success, whatnot. And so when you look at the six stages of the buying cycle, it's really important to think about the objective that the buyer needs to achieve in order to feel comfortable to move to the next stage. It then becomes our job, which you see in the second row, the interaction goal is, so what do we need to think about? What do we need to do in order to get that particular buyer to move to that next stage? We've got, for in their mind, they're trying to check the box off on some things in order for them to feel like, yeah, this is this is this may be a fit. And so we have to think about how, how do we show up in order to help them do that? And then below that, you have your different interactions. And why this is really nice for this the head of sales and head of marketing to sit down and think through is that it will allow you to start thinking creatively about how you orchestrate the sales and marketing interactions in each stage. And it'll also identify if there's gaps. So as you map this activity out, if you find that, you know, for the state four in the cycle uh, confirmation, you really don't have any support resources from marketing or you really don't have anything, maybe that's a great opportunity for you to say, you know what, there's a gap here. Let's create some resources. Uh, let's create some interactions that, that, that we can we can see. Uh, so we can provide, sorry, provide the buyer what they need. This also may help you take a look at where you, buyers are dropping off in your funnel. So I think this is a really great activity, again, for the head of sales and head of marketing to sit down and, and think about. Uh, and again, it doesn't have to be every single interaction, but it, you you want to highlight what are the what are the interactions that are resonating the most and really driving driving the conversation with your buyer, and then again identify those gaps that you don't have resources in, and then be able to uh, to fill those. So what I want to do is go through stage two through six with you to give you some ideas of how what that looks like. Stage one, which is problem naive, not everybody invests in and depending on your product or service. And so just in light of time, I want to make sure we do, we, we spend an adequate amount of time on stage two through six. So stage two, which I call realization, 
This is once the target buyers realize their business faces challenges, they research all the issues to discover their specific problems. So they've identified we have an issue. So this is very much like uh, I have a leak in my home from coming from the roof. Okay, so do I need to patch it? Do I need a whole new roof? Is my gutters? I can see the symptoms, but I really need to start to do the research to figure out what I need to do next. And so for you as a seller, as a vendor, the interactions that that that, that buyer will engage you with, you want to educate buyers on all the, the relevant variables to narrow down causes, right? So you want to tell me in that example about the roof, okay, if, you're, if your roof is leaking and it's just a couple drips, then you may just need to patch. If you see black mold, then you need to call us immediately because X, Y, Z. Help me understand the scale of the problem so that I can start to figure out, you know, how much is this going to cost me? And then secondly, you want to quantify the impact of the problem or cost of inaction. And again, you want to tell me, do you need to patch a roof, which, you know, I don't know, maybe that's $500, or do I need to replace the whole roof? Maybe that's $20,000. Those are very different situations, and they have very different, uh, you know, senses of urgency. And then third, you want to look at non-promotional content or content that's lightly branded. It's really about education and not pushing the brand and not selling at this point. Again, you 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 don't want to get that brand out there too early. You want to really look at being a trusted partner, right? So the resources that you can use or focus on that have, that resonate within this stage, uh, social media marketing or social selling. Again, educating, focus on educating. Podcasts with guests from target target accounts. Great way to have people come in, share their story, start a conversation, that sort of thing. Again, building that relationship to talk about the issues, not trying to sell them. Speaking at trade shows, conferences, or what are now virtual conferences, and not just having a booth, which we historically have done, because depending on the industry, trade shows uh, were, were important for a lot of industries. But it's standing up and, and asking to speak on a topic that you, you are experts in. You want to use that opportunity to position yourself as a thought leader uh, in your particular category in your industry in order to, again, educate the market on the problems that they're dealing with. And then last but not least, things like eBooks that highlight customer success stories. Uh, third stage is expiration. So this is when the buyer clearly understands the business problem they're trying to solve. And now they're looking to explore all solutions. So again, it could be, you know, it could be packing, patching the roof. It could be getting a new gutter. I just now know the scale of my problem. Now I want to look at all the ways in which I can solve it, right? Not just my solution, but all the ways. So again, interactions that will engage, inspire. Uh, you want to help buyers understand the different categories of solutions that exist to solve their business issue, your category, as well as all the other ones, and really look at the pros and cons of the different ones. Help them, again, make that decision on what's best for their business. Also, you want to review the short and long-term impact of that decision. Ask them the questions of what their business goals are, uh, short-term and long-term. You know, have that discovery call and be able to remind them that you know, while it may fix your issue in the short term, think about the impact that it's going to have on your business in the long term based on the goals you shared with me. Are, are is that the best solution? And really have that robust conversation with them. Some of the ways that you can think about uh, using resources is third-party review site listings. So making sure you're not just focused on your branded website, brand.com, because here's what we know. When we have an issue, we have a problem, like my roof is leaking, which I pray to God doesn't happen because it's probably going to rain today. I'm not going to Jeff Davis's roofing company. I'm Googling roofers in my area, right? So you want to not only focus on branded brand.com site, but also uh, third-party sites because they're really, really, truly important. Uh, sharing case studies, 
uh, educational events focused on key industry topics, which are now virtual, and then product webinars with marketing and sales as presenters. Again, talking about the product and really helping educate them on the different categories and different options. Fourth, confirmation. So buyers understand which solutions are potential good fits. And so they're now looking to confirm the specific capabilities that they need. So interactions that will engage, you want to demonstrate that you understand what solution capabilities are important to the buyer and then share how other similar companies have successfully leveraged your particular solution. Some of the resources you want to look at are solution impact calculators. So things that help them understand like the different outcomes that will happen if they if they if choose your solution. You want to look at personalized sales videos and really you know, creating that, that personalized interaction. And then competitor comparison charts are really another great resource that works in this stage. Stage five, buyers are clear what solutions can meet their needs. And now they want to make this fun decision about which company they want to use. And so again, interactions that will engage, demonstrate how intimately you understand the buyer's company goals, act as a trusted advisor, and personalize all of those interactions. And then some of the resources you can use in order to make sure that you're helping this buyer move to the next stage, uh, free trials, customer success stories, and then personalized implementation uh, and or rollout plans where they feel like they've already started working with you a little bit and you've shown them what that would look like. And then last but not least, stage six, which is valuation. Buyer continually evaluates. So they've come on board. They've said, yes, Jeff, we want to use your product. Uh, but they're always judging whether or not they've made the right decision. You want to reinforce that they have. So not only do they continue to renew, uh, they potentially upsell, resell, but they also become a brand advocate. And so interactions that will engage, reinforce why the buyer chose your product or service, demonstrate your commitment to the buyer, uh, buyer success, and then act as a partner more than a vendor. So really partner with them on, uh, on doing what's best for them. And again, some resources that you can think about using, customer success services, so really having a strong customer success organization. If you don't, you're figuring out a way that sales can support beyond the sale, uh, onboarding support, helping them get up and running, lifecycle marketing to make sure that you're continually marketing to them even after becoming a customer, and then access to a user community. So building out a user community of their peers, of folks that are dealing with the same situations, uh, that are using your product so that they can talk to their peers and interact and ask questions and really become engaged, which I really feel is becoming more and more important of building out these user communities uh, moving forward into the future. So those are the six stages uh, of the, the buying cycle and how you can start orchestrating your interactions between sales and marketing. I really think this, this way to map out the buyer's journey and, and, and look at all the interactions you have between sales and marketing is a really useful tool that will help you think differently and more holistically about the interaction that you're having with your buyer. So more than happy to, to, to share more information with you, but we, we are limited on time. So if you want more information, I, I, I implore you if, uh, to do a deeper dive into my book, Create Togetherness, uh, which is now available in audiobook format at createtogethernessbook.com. I do a deeper dive into what we talked about today and also go into those strategic ways in which you can align sales and marketing across your organization. And I think it's, you know, it's really great for you sales leaders and marketing leaders to really sit down, read individually, and then come to the table and really start a, a conversation. Thank you so much for connecting me with me today. I had an amazing time. I love talking about how we strategically align sales and marketing. Hopefully what we went through today really has helped you think more holistically about how you construct your, your buyer's journey and that it's not just a marketing tool, but it is a complete revenue engine tool where you can sit down and start to orchestrate your interactions between sales and marketing so the buyer 
gets what they need. Love talking about this. Feel free to reach out to me. My handle's at Meet Jeff Davis across all platforms, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. And then you can, of course, go to meetjeffdavis.com, which is my website to learn more about me. So think a little differently about how sales and marketing interact. We need to form a relationship like never before. We need each other like never before. The modern buyer-seller relationship has completely changed. The modern buyer is raising their hand and saying, if you cannot orchestrate a, a, a cohesive buying experience that makes it easy for me to buy, I'm going to, to take my budgeted dollars somewhere else. So as I always say in closing, create togetherness, have a great rest of the conference. And I look forward to continuing the conversation with all of you. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.